I want y'all to catch this. He meant it for our harm, but God has already. I want y'all to get the already part. Nothing sneaks up on God. So if nothing sneaks up on him, it shouldn't sneak up on you. He said what the enemy means for our harm. God has already turned it around and made it for our good. That does not mean that the enemy is not going to try something. See, we think just because we save, nothing should happen in our lives. If nothing happened in your life, you wouldn't begin to know who you are. You wouldn't begin to call on Jesus. Some of us call on Jesus, but we actually don't know who we're calling on. Some of us do it out of habit. Some of us do it because people tell you to do it. But if you don't have a relationship with him, calling that name means nothing. Because the Bible tells me at that name, every knee, every knee, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Not only in heaven, but on the earth and up under the earth. So that means when we get to know how powerful that name is, no matter what we come up against in our lives and we just say, Jesus, we should see it fleeing. We shouldn't wait on it to flee, but we should see it already fleeing even before we call on that name. But we have a habit of saying, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, oh, God, but we are not referencing that name. Because when we really put our trust in that name, we should begin to say, devil, you don't know who you messing with. You don't know who you messing with. And as you begin to decree and declare that name, you know something has already happened. But we have to know that we know that we know that when things come for our harm, God has already turned them around and made it for our good. We've been talking on getting a grip, applying the word of God. And before that, we've been talking about the armor of God. And God brings these teachings in Miracle Temple for a reason. Because you might not be facing anything in your lives at the time, but God always prepare his people for what's yet to come. When we get prepared for what's yet to come, it don't startle us. It's not some strange thing that has happened to us because we already know because God has sent his word that's why he sent his word the bible said he has sent his word to what to heal us to deliver us from what from our destruction because God knows as long as we're here on this earth y'all things are gonna happen because we're here on this earth but God show us how to handle what's happening on this earth so we got to stay in contact we got to stay in communion with God I was reminded when God gave me these messages, he always give me something to back it up. I was watching this lady and she's a lady that loved the Lord and she began to tell about knowing the truth. And we talked about that, knowing the truth, but it's continuing in the truth that makes you free. So as she was talking about knowing the truth, she said that she went somewhere to minister. And as she went to minister, she said that it was an interpreter there that was interpreting to the driver that was going to take her to the place she had to minister. So she said when they went outside and they put her in a truck 
And she said this truck had these bars in front of it, all the way around it. And she just looking, so her and her husband get in the back seat of the truck. But she noticed the interpreter wasn't in the truck with them. So when the truck took off, it took off going 65, 60 miles per hour. So she was just hollering, telling her husband, talk to this man. He said, I can't say nothing. He don't understand what I'm saying. The interpreter is not in here. So she said he got up to a hundred miles per hour. So she said, talk to this man. He's driving too fast. How am I going to minister to these people? And I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose it. So the husband tapped the man. He pointed at the speed. He pointed at the speed and he done like this. And he was telling him to slow it down. The man said, no. So she said the speed kept building up. So when she got there to minister... She said she was so upset, she was so angry, because she said, that was not right. And I am not riding back to my hotel with that man. She said, but when she got in there to minister, besides how she was feeling, the power of God came down. So she said, after everything was over, she went to the interpreter and she said, look at here. I'm not riding back with that man. He said, yes, you are. So she looked at him. She said, excuse me? He said, yes, you are. So he began to tell her, he said, the reason why we had to drive that fast with you in the vehicle, because they had snipers. She said, you see them big hills you were passing by? She said, yeah, they had snipers with guns ready to kill you because they don't like women preachers. They don't like you because of the truth that you bring. She said, so now that I know the truth, I got back in the car and I told him, you drive as fast as you want to drive. What am I telling y'all this morning? When you know the truth, the truth is what sets you free. But when you don't know the truth, look how she was before she knew. Get a grip. Isn't God good? Some things you may not understand. You may not understand the person who's bringing the message. But if they're bringing you truth, you're supposed to be willing to accept that truth. And you cannot accept truth if you haven't heard it, if you haven't read it, if you haven't studied it, if you haven't what? What's the next thing? Meditated on. You cannot accept memorizing it and meditating on it. You cannot accept something that you haven't been in. We got too many church folks trying to tell the pastor what to do. And they don't even have a clue. We got too many church folks prophesying outside of the word. Telling people it's time for you to preach, it's time for you to teach, and they don't even show up in the house of God. And people grabbing that and causing chaos in the house of God. Don't show up for nothing that the body of Christ is doing, but you show up when somebody asks you to get behind the pulpit. I wouldn't follow that. Because there's no truth in that. That's not God's way. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, can we? Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you, we honor you, we praise you, we magnify you, we glorify you in this place. 
Father God, I thank you that every heart in this place, God, is turned towards you. And God, as I speak the word of God, the word of truth, God, those in here that don't know you, they say, what must I do to be saved? God, we thank you. We praise you, God, that your word is truth. God, sanctify us in truth on today. God, I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth, God, the word becomes fire that devours everything around us. It becomes a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. It becomes a two-edged sword in this place. God, I thank you that you have called me. You have chosen me for such a time as this. And God, I stand in position, God, to do your will, God. Not my will, but your will be done on today. In Jesus' name. And I come against every spirit of witchcraft. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break your power. In Jesus' name. And God, I thank you and I praise you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me in Jesus' name. Turn with me to Proverbs, the 14th chapter, the 12th verse. And let's hear what the Spirit of God has to say unto us. Amen. Thank you, God, that faith come by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And I believe we have all heard this before. But let us hear it again because God has a word. Amen. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'm going to say it again. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now go with me to Proverbs 30. Proverbs 30. Before I go into, well, let me read it. Proverbs 30, verse 12. Something about the number 12. There is a generation... That are pure in their own eyes. And yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation. That are pure in their own eyes. And yet is not washed from their filthiness. Let's see where God's going to take us today. You may be seated. I want to talk on doing things God's way. Doing things God's way. There's a way that God will have things to be done. And some of us take off thinking that we're doing things God's way, but it's not God's way, it's our way. I always like this saying, this is not Burger King, have it your way. Because some of us think that we can come into the house of God and we can do anything that we want to do. But that's not God's way of doing things. And anyone that say they're about the Father's business should not allow anything in God's house. But this is the problem with the world today. Church folks are letting the world come into the house of God. And that's not God's way of doing things. The Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but that way leads unto death. There's a lot of things that we do in our lives that we feel that's right. But if it don't line up with his way, it ain't right. That's not his way of doing things. 
And the reason why we're so out of order in the body of Christ, because you ain't in the word to know what the word is saying. So the enemy is using you to bring opposition against what God is doing. When you think you know, that's when you don't know. Because God will take the foolish things to confound the wise. Everything ain't going to be like you want it to be to say God is in it. See, it's about relationship, not religion. Religion is not relationship. But we're always trying to do things man's way and say it's God's way and God don't have his hands on it. We're trying to set up traditions in the house of God. But the Bible says that the tradition of men make the word of God of none effect. But see, what happens is the enemy will get a man to set up the way he wanted to be set up. And he'll draw a crowd to what he has set up. And people think that's God. When you go into the word of God and you look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when Jesus came in on the scene, Jesus knew that in God's way. The way that you're doing it is the way that God was bringing you to Christ. He said, but this way is not God's way. You don't have to be self-righteous. See, you're doing it self-righteously. You're trying to do it your way to get into the kingdom. He said, the only way you can get into the kingdom is through the one that's bringing you the kingdom, which is me, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. He said, I'm only the the way that can get to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. Look at your neighbor and say, don't think that you can get to God on your own. See, this is what's happening with the church. You're trying to come up with a ritual. You're trying to come up with ways to get God to hear you. But I'm here to tell you that's why Jesus had to be put here on earth to show you there is a way unto God and you ain't the way. So he's saying, I want you to move yourself out of the way. The problem is we don't want to move out of the way because we want to feel important. We want to feel exalted. We want somebody to know what we can do. You can't do nothing of yourself. The Bible says that I am the true vine. You are the branches. And the only way you will grow is to attach yourself to me. When you don't attach yourself to me, you wither, you die. I'm your nourishment. I'm your way of life. And until you see that I am, that I am. Even though I gave you everything you need, you still won't make it. Some of you are still trying to make it by what man is saying and man don't know it. You're supposed to let man know who he is, who you represent. But we bow down to man because we figure that man got it figured out. Have anybody figured out yet that if man knew what man needed to know, man would have saved all of us? But there was a man that was born of a virgin, the word of God tells me, that didn't have no contaminated blood. God came in and overshadowed Mary with the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's how she conceived in her womb, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. No man did this for her. 
She hadn't been with no man. This was something that only God could do. We got to understand that man can't do you the way God can. Man's way of doing is not God's way of doing until they lined up with the word's way of doing, which is God. And we still put now trust in man. Man will fail you. Their intentions are good. But you got to hear from the father. And you got to know what your father is saying in this time. Because everything that look good, that smell good, ain't good. Come on, women. Some of you think you got the handsomest man. Y'all going to make pretty babies together. Y'all got it going on. He's treating you like a queen. Then when you get married, he's just throwing you around, sweeping you around like dirt. And the first thing you say, he wasn't like that. Everything that looks good and smell good ain't good. Because you should know by now, God will take the ugliest thing there is. And he'll put his glory upon it. And he'll make it shine. See, y'all going after the wrong things. You going after a man that's driving his mama's car, that's spending money that don't belong to him, that's giving you roses that he didn't buy, and you going after that because everything that seems good ain't good. It leads to death. Look at your neighbor and say, get out of your feelings. Say, it ain't about your feelings. You need to kill them feelings. We can't live on feelings. We live by the spirit. Those who are led by the spirit, they are sons of God. We got too much he motions and she motions in church. Somebody don't speak to you. You and your he and she motions. But when you're in the spirit, the Holy Spirit lets you know what's going on with that person. It ain't the person, it's the spirit that's dealing with the person that's coming against you. Because we ain't fighting against flesh and blood. Tell your neighbor, say, this ain't Burger King. Have it your way today. Because I'm only going to give you what God wants you to have. I ain't going to let you add a little bit of this or a little bit of that. I'm just going to lay down what God is saying. And if you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. I'd rather obey God than man. I don't have a deacon up here trying to tell me to shut up. Because if they did, I said, I'll rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Sit down. You don't cut God off. And I'm not cutting him off to get paid. I'm just getting started. I'm fired up for Jesus, y'all. Because, see, I don't spend my time with him all day and live any kind of way. Because that's a waste of time. God didn't take me off of my job for me just to act any kind of way and do any little thing to try to please man. God took me off the job for when I open my mouth, it comes out like a fire. And it begins to devour. It begins to cut up everything. 
that's not like God. I don't worry about who like me. Because as long as I'm in the word of God and I have a father who loves me. That father has given me some protection to protect me. That whatever I say on his behalf, he already have his angels with their swords. And he's saying, you can't touch this. You better know what the word of God is saying when he say he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide up under the shadows of the almighty. And I can say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. And in God, I shall trust. No evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. For he has given his angels charge over us to keep us, to guard us in all of our ways. And when you know these things, come on, y'all. Come on, that's why you got to know the truth. The Bible says when you know the truth, that's when you're free. And you only live according to what you know. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but that way it leads to death. God was showing me them Pharisees and Sadducees and there was a Pharisee that began to say, I'm not like this tax collector. He said, I pay my tithes. He said, he do this, he do that. He said, so I'm not like him. I'm not even like the adulteress. So see, he was saying, I'm basing my life on what I'm doing. I don't do like Aunt Shirley do, God. So if I don't do like Aunt Shirley do, I need to be blessed today. Not saying she's doing something wrong. So I'm comparing myself based on her. So I'm telling the Lord, because I pay my tithes, because I come to church, because I feed the pastor, because I do this and that in the church, I know I got a place in the kingdom. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but it leads to death. Look at your neighbor say, it's not about you. Say, it's not about you. But then there was the tax collector that wouldn't even look up. That he just began to say, God, I'm a sinner. Because he knew he needed him. Church, we have fell out of, we have fallen out of line. We have gotten to the point that we feel like we don't need God. I got this. I can do this. Nobody don't pay my bills. I pay my bills. Nobody don't feed me. I feed me. You getting out of line. Because if God didn't put breath in your body, if God didn't wake you up this morning, you couldn't do what you do. Nobody do nothing for me. Come on, God touch people's heart for them to do something for you. That's why I say it's the heart of man. Don't you beg man for nothing. Because God will take the heart of the king and he'll turn it around. And they'll wonder, why did I do this? I don't understand why I did this. I don't understand why I, why I gave you a million dollars. I understand because the king of kings 
understand. The Bible says that our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it says his ways and his thoughts are higher. They're up there in heaven as high as the heaven is. That's how high his ways and his thoughts are above ours. See, he was talking to the people that had not accepted him. Their way was wicked. Their thoughts was always wicked. Their heart was full of evil. But God said, in order for you to connect with me, I got to give you my DNA. Y'all got to hear what I'm got to say. See, we think we got it all together. Because people are praising you. See, when people don't praise you like they need to, you reject it. But see, your praise shouldn't come from man. It should come from God. But there's a scripture that says don't praise yourself with your own mouth. But there's also in the word of God where God let us know that when you begin to look to be exalted, my Bible tells me you're going to fall. The Bible even say just because you got a title and you go in a place, you don't go to the front row. Like you got a place in there because I'm apostle Tulu, I'm apostle man, I'm apostle this, so evangelist, a prophet this. I know I got a place in here. He said you go to the lowest place. And when you go to the lowest place, God said I'll move you up to the highest place. But we get into church and we think because we got a title, you supposed to have me a place on the pulpit. Church is getting out of order. What you have is what God has given you. Oh, excuse me. What you have is what you gave yourself. Because when God gives you a position, he said promotion don't come from the east nor from the west. He said, I put it up and I bring it down. I remember me and my husband was going to a funeral of a dear friend. I always pick at somebody in the church on this. I ain't gonna call no name. It's funny. It was so packed, y'all. Looked like we weren't gonna have no seat. I'm struggling trying to get over there in them hills. But I made it, y'all. I made it. We got over there. Church was packed. Me and my husband got on the back seat. I sat right there on the back seat. I wasn't looking for nothing else. Long as I was in the place, I'm in the place. I ain't looking for no place. But where I need to be. So I'm sitting on that back row, me and my husband. And as we sat there, the funeral director come to me. She said, I was looking for you. She said, come on up here. You want the fourth row or you want the first seat? I said, the fourth row will be just fine. Let me tell y'all something. You don't have to make a place for you. Wherever God want to put you. That's where you're going to be. Quit putting yourself in a place God ain't put you. Because God got to prepare you for where he's taking you. God had to prepare me for many, many years to get behind this pulpit. I didn't jump behind a pulpit. I had to do it God's way. When I didn't do it God's way, I had to back up and say, wait a minute, God, this ain't working. He said, because it ain't my way. I want you to do it my way. When you do it God's way, you're going to be hated. You're going to be truly hated. 
When you follow God's way of doing things, you're going to be hated, y'all. And let me tell you something. God began to show me in, in Mark, the fourth chapter. He began to show me these grounds again. And, and see, when you read in the word of God, you got to hear what God is saying. God began to show me these grounds and how the sower sows the seed. I can be the sower that's sowing the seed, giving you the word of God. But it's some that's by the wayside. And when you plant, and I remember this from granddaddy, if the seed get on top of the earth, it hasn't been cultivated. It's just right there so it can be trampled. So the birds will come in and get that seed. So that bird was the enemy. It was Satan. See, Satan, when the word is coming forth, he don't want it to get in your heart. And, and Matthew's account of this says in Matthew 13, they had no understanding. Being that they had no understanding, they heard the word. The enemy came in and took the word because they didn't understand it. These were the ones by the wayside. He said, but there was some seed, the word that was, that was sown with thorns. Not with thorns, but with rocks. Meaning that when you're planting and you still ain't cultivating, you're just putting it in there. And it's growing up, but it's hardened. It's amongst the rocks, so when the sun come out, it end up scorching it because it had no depth of earth. Those people heard it too. They heard it, but the Bible says that because of persecution. Let me go there. I got to go there, y'all. Mark chapter 4. I want you to grab this. We want to do it God's way. And it said, and likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they had heard the word, immediately received it with gladness. How many people, y'all, that know... When they are in the house of God, they receive the word with gladness. They heard it and make them feel good, right? And then it says, and have no root in themselves. That means that that word did not get deep in the heart. And so endured for a time. They were happy for a time. They begin to tell people what God is doing in their lives. But then it says, afterwards when affliction trouble, oppression, tribulation, or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. They stumble and fall. Did y'all hear that? These are stony, the seed that's upon stony ground. These are the ones that when they get persecuted, when they're oppressed because of what they are saying or what they say they believe, they fall away. This is stony, but then it gets better. These are the ones that are monks that got sown amongst thorny ground. And this is what they say. They heard the word, but they say, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entered in, choked the word, and it became unfruitful. These are thorny. This is thorny ground. All of this is talking about the heart. But it's talking about unsaved folk. The ones that truly have not accepted Jesus, the ones that say I do, but yet, mm -mm, it wasn't really I do. When they got tested and they got tried for the word, when oppression came, when when um, oppression came and when tribulation would come, they got offended. They end up falling away because they were being hated by their peers because of what they thought they believed. But then there are some that said yes to God, but then they allowed lustful things, deceitfulness, riches come in and it choked the word. So they say, I'd rather have these things than to have the word.
word. This is what we're seeing now. See, people say, I do to Jesus. But you got to see the fruit that's coming forth from the I do. This is why John told the Pharisees, bring forth fruit that's meant for repentance. That's God's way. God said, you got to bear some fruit. He said, a good tree don't bring forth bad fruit, y'all. Nor can a bad tree catch it, bring forth good fruit. But I love the last one that it says, but those, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth 30, 60, and 100. These are real saved folk. Because it was some good ground. And they begin to bring forth 30, 60, 100. They were growing. They were bringing forth this fruit. We say we love Jesus. You got a lot of people saying, Lord, Lord. But live in any kind of way. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Truth need to be preached. Because if truth is preached, the churches will be cleaned out. Truth is not being preached because of the thorny ground. Deceitfulness. Lusting other things. I'd rather have a person that's really trusting Jesus than to have 5,000 that don't know him that's just coming to say, I've been there. I don't want a church full of people that are just there because of how the building looks. Or just there because they can keep doing what they're doing. I'd rather have one that say, I know him. I'm going to live righteous because I am righteous because of him. That one will give me a thousand. I don't need five thousand to say, I got church. I don't need to count the heads. To say, this is how much I'm going to get. Because if you know what the Bible says, every household don't have the same thing. That's why God made provisions even for the poor. Doing things God's way. When we do it God's way, God manifests. When you do it your way, you struggle. The Bible said the blessings of the Lord makes you rich. And it adds no sorrow to it. Let me tell y'all something. Any blessing that God has given you, God don't take back from you. No matter what job do, no matter what wife do, no matter what husband do, no matter what children do, God said that's yours. We need to quit looking at man. And we need to look at what God says. So let's get into it. God took me back to the beginning. Right back to Genesis. I said, oh, oh, here we go again. And he started out with, in the beginning. Here we go. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created. Now I want y'all to grab that. Because man have tried to take that from God. In the beginning, it says, God created the heaven and the earth. And it says that the Holy Spirit was there hoovering, waiting for God 
to say. So God created it by saying, let there be. And there was. Everybody know that, right? So what God did, God said, now this is the way I want it to be. God's way of doing things. Y'all go back to the beginning. It's so much in the beginning. It's so much revelation that we can live by, by going to the beginning. This is the beginning. God said, let there be, and there was. So God created things the way he want them to be. Y'all got to catch this. He even created the earth. And he said, listen here, earth. This is what I want you to do. Y'all better grab it. He said, I want you to bring forth this. He didn't say nothing else. Catch it. He said, earth, this is what I want you to do. The word is speaking to you. So you got to get into alignment with what the word says. So he said, this is what I want you to do. Then he he told the um, animals, you know, he created the sea. He said, okay, now I want you to bring forth this for me. Oh, y'all, this is so good. He used words. Because God is a spirit. Your words have power. Your words have power, y'all. So God was telling everything what he wanted it to do. God's way. Look at your neighbor says God's way. Say not your way. God's way. Say shake yourself loose of your way. Say your way ain't working. Say it's leading to death. This was God's way. Ooh, this is what angers me, y'all. People pull something out the Bible and they interpret it their way. And the enemy let them go for it. He make them feel so good. Because they think that God gave them a deep revelation. And they want to make sure everybody know but what they know. Your way lead to death. You better know that you know that you know that God is saying this. That's why God always brings correction. Did y'all know that we can rebuke openly? Some people say, now you shouldn't have said that. And for, oh, yes, I should have because the word tell me I can. And the word tell me that when I rebuke somebody openly for something that they're doing wrong, the next one won't do it. That's the word where you read. The word didn't tell me, now, baby, see me after service. Know you, demon. I know you're using that person. So let me rebuke you now. As I recall, Jesus didn't pull them to the side. Jesus open rebuked them demons. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all don't want to hear that. Some people tell me what I shouldn't be doing. Let me tell y'all something. Somebody tried to tell me one time when God was saying how he wanted this to be done. Well, I would do this. I waited till they finish and put a period behind that sentence. I said, well, let me tell you something. When God give you your ministry, then you do what he telling you to do for that one. But as for this one, I'm doing what God tell me to do. Oh, that devil didn't want to stop. Went to the next destination telling somebody, you need to take that down and put this up. I walked in, the woman would say, I said, what are you doing? Well, so-and-so and so-and-so, I say, you don't listen to so-and-so and so-and-so. What were you instructed to do? Uh-huh. 
People look at me sideways. Come up here, let me hear your neck. The Bible said there are two roads. There's a wide road. And that road is full. Some of you might be on it. People can't even look at me right now. Come on, look. Look at me because I'm not shutting up. Let me help you out. Go with me to Matthew 7, 13. I ain't even going to ask you to leave. (laughs) I ain't going to ask you this time. I ain't going to ask you. Matthew 7, 13. Listen at this. Enter ye at the straight gate, my Lord God, in the morning. The Bible even telling you what to do. Telling you. For wide is the gate... And broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in. Oh, there's many on this road. There's many on this road, y'all. And some of y'all are following many on this road. But it says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't know about y'all. Give me a wide road. My husband know I drive it. These little roads, y'all ever been down there on market? I guess it's market. I said, why don't they just get rid of these lanes here and make it one road? Because you're doing all you can, Jesus. You're really calling on Jesus down them roads. I ain't lying, y'all. I don't drive much, but when I get on that road, Jesus. Don't talk to me. Don't say nothing to me. We're going to get through this together. Right? That's a narrow road, but guess what, y'all? I made it. Hallelujah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I made it. I survived. But when it's a right, wide road, you put the what? You can scratch that one out. Zoom. Right? That's kind of easy. But when you get on that narrow road, you got to stay focused. You can't look to your left nor to your right. You can't even blink. You focus. You know why? Because that narrow look road is leading, leading to life. That means you're going to have some situations while you own that road. The enemy going to use everything he can to take you off of that road. You have difficulties. You have some hard times on that road. Don't we? Come on, y'all. If y'all ain't having a hard time, you're on a wide road. That's what I'm telling you. Some Christians, some, <laughs> is busting that wide road wide open. Ain't having no problems because the devil using you. That's why many take the wide road and still say, Lord, Lord. But my Bible said they don't know him. They own that wide road. But when you own the narrow road. Family don't like you. Husband and wife begin to not like you. Kids don't like you. Your boss don't like you. But you stand on that road because you've been in the word that said bless those that curse you. Love those that who've been swerving. (laughs) Come on now. 
Because my Bible says a double-minded man is stable in all his ways. You tell somebody one thing, but you know you're getting ready to do another. What road you on? Because on this narrow road, people going to talk about you. People ain't going to like you. You don't want to, y'all, I'm telling you something. On this narrow road, the devil's coming at you. The higher the level, more devils. So there's two roads. The wide road, the narrow road. There's two ways. God's way or the devil's way. He gave us a right to choose. So getting back to the beginning. God created everything the way God wanted to be. And my Bible says that. And God saw that everything that he created was good. It was very good. Y'all say, it's good. It's good. Say, God's way is good. Say, God's way is good. So, it's good. Everything was so good. And it was so good. But in that, he created male and female. I want y'all to catch it. My Bible tells me that God said, let us make man in our image. That man mean both of them. Male and female. Y'all catch this. Let us make man in our image. Now y'all check this out. Everything else wasn't made in his image. Because God is so awesome. He said, now I done created all this. And what I create, I do it for a reason. So he said, let's make man in our own image. After our likeness. So you know what God did? God said, okay. We're going to make man in my image, in our image, in our likeness. And then God, he didn't stop there. He said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to have dominion over everything that I made, that I created. Over every beast of the field. Matter of fact, he said, over all the earth. That's a special place. Then he didn't stop there. He said, I'm going to give you all of this for food. God gave us everything we need. But then after that, it said that God rested. After creation, after, you know, he created everything. It said God rested. Why did God rest? He didn't need to work no more. Because everything, y'all better get this. Everything was done. When everything is done, I don't know about y'all. How about when you clean your house, women? If you clean your house. Some of you don't want to clean your house. You want to come into church and act like you this and that and other, but you don't want to clean your own house. But you want to ask, can you do this, that, and church? Anyway. I don't know about you, but when I clean my house, who, and you sit down. Ooh, you get this awe that come over you because you know it's done, right? So God just rested because he said, it's done, right? Let's look at something. I'm going to show y'all something. So God said, and on the seventh day, seven mean complete. God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, set it apart, because that in it he had rested from all his works, which God has created. 
Then it says, these are the generations, the heavens and the earth, which were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. But look at verse 5. And every plant of the field, before it was in the earth. Y'all hear this? Before. It was in the earth. And every herb of the field, before it grew. For the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. Hold on to that. Nothing. He told the earth what to do. But it wasn't there yet. Y'all better hold on to that. He told it what to do, but it wasn't there yet. But that didn't mean it wasn't going to do it. Y'all better catch it. Catch it. Kathy say, catch it. Say, I done caught it. Say, catch it. Get up and do your dance, girl. Get up and do your dance. Get up get up and do your dance. Get up and do your dance. Because God said, what I said is what I meant. And he said, if I said it, it's already done. And you don't have to see it to know that it's already done. It's already done. You better catch it. You better catch it. Some of y'all are waiting on something God has already done. God said, if I told you it was done, it was done. And you should know it's done. Thank you, Lord. He's moving in my direction. He's moving in my direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is saying this, y'all. Why are you waiting on man decide to decide something God has already decided? Why are you waiting on man to say it's okay when God already said it's okay? Why do you need man's opinion when God already told you? So, look at verse 6. It said, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. But I want y'all to check this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Remember over there in chapter 1, he said, let's create man in our image. That's the spirit. You didn't see him. He spoke it. When you speak, you're speaking from the breath of God. Right? Because God is a spirit. You cannot see a spirit, but God's words have power. 
So God said, I done spoke what I want to be. He speak those things that be not as though they were. So God said, now that I have said, let us create man in our image. God took from the dust of the ground and he created a body. He said, wait a minute. Even though I got a body there, it's just dead. It's just a body for you to look at. He said, but let me show you something. I'm going to take the same spirit that I said, let's create man in my image. And I'm going to blow that spirit into the nostrils of that body. When I blow my breath in that body, that body is going to become a living soul. It cannot live without me. But y'all ain't getting it yet. He created the man. He formed the man from the earth. That's why the Bible says, from dust you came. But they ain't the end of you. Okay? So he created that man. Oh, God is so good. But let me tell you what else he did. After he created that man, y'all, y'all catch it. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in eating. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Wait a minute. He did not leave that man where he was. He created him. But God said, Apostle, I have a place for you. I'm not leaving you there, Kathy. I'm not leaving you there. He said, I formed you. I blew my breath into you. But I got work for you. But I can't leave you in that place. God said, I'm going to plan a place of paradise. I'm going to put you in a place that's so full of everything. Y'all better catch this. He took the man and he put him in that garden. And he said, out of the ground, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So we're talking about the rivers that watered this garden. But God played, and look, he said it again in 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. God said, I got a place for you. God's way of doing God put him in Eden. He placed him in Eden. And he told the man, he said, every tree that's in this garden, eat it. He said, but this tree, this one right here, knowledge of good and evil, don't you eat that tree. Don't you eat from it because if you eat from it, you're going to know evil. I don't want you to know evil. I'm good. Oh, y'all better hear me. He said, I ain't about evil. I'm about good. He said, all I want you to know is I'm a good God. And everything I create is good. So everything where I have placed you is good. Everything I created is good. So he said, don't eat from this tree. If you eat from this tree, you're going to disconnect from what's good. And now you got a right. Now you got good and evil. Look what's happening. The flesh and the spirit fighting. So God said, don't eat from it. 
So the next thing that God did, y'all, God does things so well. That's why we got to follow him. So after he put him in that garden, he told him what not to eat. And then God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate. But before he made him a helpmate, it said out of the ground, the God formed every beast. Look, y'all. He told the earth what it's going to bring forth. But then he formed every beast, right? I'm going somewhere. He gave Adam the right to name him. But then he put Adam to sleep. Y'all catch it. He put Adam to sleep. He took from Adam a rib. And that's how woman came about. But y'all don't miss it. Eve was already in Adam. He created male and female. He formed one man, Adam, with woman already in Adam. Eve was already a part of Adam. So the only thing God did, he said, I'm going to knock you out real good. Because I'm getting ready to take your helpmate from you. She's going to walk alongside of you. She's going to have the same right, the same dominion that you have. She's going to help you with what I have put in your hands. So guess what? After God pulled Eve from Adam, he said, this is flesh of my flesh. Bone of my bone. And this is why I said a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave. See, we ain't doing things God's way. Men, y'all ain't left your mama yet. You ain't left your mama house yet. You're trying to bring mama in your house. Don't tell me you know Jesus and you still doing that. See, we want to do it God's way. So this is what happened. But this is the point I'm getting to. When God done all this, God's way was male Male and female, female, right? He said that it take male and female to subdue, to fill the earth, for multiplication to happen. Even with the animals, it wasn't two males. It was male and it was female. I ain't never seen two dogs that's male try to have babies. But it is happening because some dogs confused too. <laughs> Y'all know that's right. But it's male and female. He said, that's who I want to come together to subdue. Now the devil is using people. He got to have somebody to use. That's when Genesis 3 come in. He uses God creation to do what he want to do because God is Elohim. Satan didn't create nothing. God created who? Everything. He created him, but he turned the wrong way. Who was he before he was Satan? Lucifer. Anointed. So y'all don't tell me you can't trust everybody just because they act right. So here we go. He said, okay, this is Adam and Eve. Adam named who? Eve, Eve. Right? 
She was the mother of what? All being. Right? So he named her Eve, but Eve was already in Adam. But he named her. So they had to have children. Once they were, I'm going somewhere. God's way of doing things. See, people tell you, it's okay to have children if you in love. What lust got to do with it? It's one thing to create kids in love, but it's another one to create them in lust. See, we fall in love so quickly. Oh, they stole my heart. You're right, they stole it. But you let them steal it. Oh, that's the daddy of my children. Oh, that's the one I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. We're going to have pretty children. You spoke it. So God's intention was for husband and wife to subdue. It was not for male and male because now they got men popping up pregnant. (laughs) Or women with women popping up pregnant. Dumb. Stupid. Ignorant. Gone to seed and then got the children believing that's how it's supposed to be. God hates homosexuality but he loved people he loved the person homosexuality is a sin when you go back to the beginning it tells you God's way of doing things it's not male and male and female and female it's male and female female and male that's God's way of doing things now they're telling us we cannot talk about Check this too, y'all. Check this. They're saying now that it's all right for a woman when a baby is coming out of the womb, everything is right to say, donate them organs, kill that baby, and the baby's alive. They say it's okay to do that. But if somebody throw their baby in the water to kill them, they're going to jail. Come on, tell me something. How can we say this is right and that is wrong and Christians are saying a woman should have a choice? The woman had the choice before she opened her legs. You know, I'm so tired of foolishness. She had the choice before she ate and her, opened her legs. The thing is, nobody want to take responsibility for what they done. And you got Christian folks saying, you make the choice. So if, you, if they want to kill themselves, you going to tell them to kill themselves? Won't you give them the choice to kill themselves? You done told them to kill the child? Come on, put a light bulb. Lord, let your glory fall. Do you know why people kill babies? Because they don't want to take the responsibility. Then you got some that have them and still ain't taking the responsibility. They're getting raped. They're getting molested. Come on, church. It's time for truth to come out. But God is a forgiving God. But when you know the truth, you don't go back and do it again. Because of how you feel and how it's going to mess up your rep. Yes. 
check this. So they were there naked. Meaning they wasn't ashamed. They were husband, they were wife. That was his wife. They weren't ashamed. But guess what? Satan used something God created, which was a serpent. And he used that serpent to get Eve to deceive. To get Eve deceived. Y'all know she fell for it, right? And the husband already knew. So to keep peace in his house, he just went on and ate that fruit. He said, I'm going to go ahead and eat it, baby. I don't want to hear your mouth. That's what we're doing today. Men, you better quit being Ahabs. You better tighten up your belt of truth. And quit letting Jezebel keep you silent because you want some peace. You ain't got none. So he ate. Y'all know what happened after that? They realized that they were naked. That's when shame came in the world. That's when fear That's when guilt and condemnation, all that came because of one commandment. But guess what? They begin to hide from God. You know what I notice? People sin every day in trying to hide from God, and God saw your sin before you seen it. And if you knew the truth, you would know that he forgave you for it. And if you know that he already forgave you for it, then you shouldn't be participating in it. That's his love. This is where we Christians miss it. We think because we got grace cards, we can still fornicate, we can still commit adultery, and we can still be a part of something. No, 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 no. That ain't the way it work. We don't be unequally yoked. Right? So we want to make sure that we're lining up with God's way. Flesh hurts when you line up with, oh, I'm going to have to go here. So they recognize sin. Everything didn't look good no more. Right? I'm getting somewhere, but I'm going in between. When we know what's wrong, people can try this with you, but don't try it with me. People know, already know, that fornication is a sin. People already know murder is a sin. People already know lying is a sin. People already know because these commandments was there even before you accepted Jesus. They were there. You already know what's right and what's wrong. The problem is we're trying to justify about how we feel. Now, you young, you young, and you you know if you don't do this with this girl, people going to think you gay. You done put it out there. Because whatever the enemy was putting in their head, to say just because you waiting on your wife, people going to think you gay. Then the person that's close to you, daddy or mama, hey, hey boy, where, where, you, where you going tonight? Well, I'm just going to stay here and I'm, I'm going to get in the word. Then it's popping in your head, oh, Lord, they're gay. Lord, I never see no girl, don't never see nobody. I see these boys coming in now, oh, Lord, they're gay. So you're trying to figure out a way to talk to them about being gay. So you set them aside and say, son, I don't know if I told you about the birds and the bees, but I believe it's time. They're 20 years old now. Still in your house. You worried now. Y'all talking amongst yourself. Gay, 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 gay. Putting in the atmosphere. The old devil's going over there in their ear. You gay, you gay, you know you gay. You don't have no friends but boyfriends. 
you gay, you gay, tormenting the poor fella. So nowadays, people tell young guys, you better get you a woman. You know you need a woman. The shower won't do. Say, folk, when you instill truth, even before they know truth, but you instill in truth that when the devil come, you're going to remember truth. Right? So that God will give you discerning of spirits to let you know what's going on with your child so you can intervene and say, the devil is a lie. You are who God created you to be. Some parents join in with the kids to make them feel good. They don't know him. So let me tell you what happened. Y'all know what happened. But this is what God did out of love. He sewed those fig trees, fig leaves together. He covered them up, didn't he? That was his grace. But this is what God said. Y'all check this out. God said, they cannot stay in this garden. Because everything in this garden is good. They cannot stay because if they keep eating from the tree of life, they'll live in this sinful state forever. They got to go. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Church, I want to know, how is it if God took them out of Eden, he said, I'm going to place you outside of Eden and now you're going to till the ground from which you came. Hard labor, right? So why are we, church, inviting all kind of mess in the church, mixing light with darkness, and saying it's okay? Do y'all see what's happening in the world? People are inviting secular singers in the church because they made a confession to say that they are saved but they have not been discipled and taught the truth or delivered from what they're doing and just because they got a name it's okay to open the door and say come on in and take a seat you can come in and take a seat but you ain't gonna do nothing if God took them out of paradise do you think he's gonna let light and darkness be together? Jesus died so we can be the light. He is the light of the world. He wants us to be the light of the world. That when we go in the world, it exposes darkness. Why do y'all think that when Peter came through, people were healed because of a shadow? It was the glory of God on Peter's life that when Peter walked the they knew they were being exposed. Sickness was being exposed. God said, your healer is here. Your deliverer is here. Everything you need is here because God exposed that mess. We're supposed to expose. Because we're light. You cannot hang around darkness and not become that if that darkness ain't dealt with with light. Some of us still are hanging around darkness and saying we're trying to get some. You can't save nobody. You couldn't even save yourself. When you live the life that you need to live, it's going to draw them or drive them. It ain't for you to try to do this, that, or the other to save nobody. You need to tell them what Jesus has done. When you talk more about Jesus instead of talking foolishness, you'll know who your true friends are. The more I get into this light... It tells me about me. 
I ain't got time to be thinking about you. It tells me what I need to do. It tells me how I need to do it, y'all. As long as you're doing things God's way, you protect it. But when you come out of God's way, you're going to see stuff. And when you fall prey to that stuff, you living like it's normal. Some of us think this is the way we should be. This is the way God created me. Some of y'all are still holding on to the world. Because you think the world is all this in a bag of chips. But I'm telling you right now, God say, this is the day that you, we need to have a come to Jesus meeting right now. Amen. You need to know whom you serve. Joshua said, for as of me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, if you want to serve those other gods, you go ahead. He said, but that's not going to change who I am. He reminded me of a prophet. God told him, don't go back the way you came. Don't even eat at nobody's house. Prophet was obeying. But then when a lying prophet come in on the scene, he thought, sure, God had changed what he said. God ain't going to change what he said. So he took that man at his word. There's a way that seemed right unto a man, but it lead to death. He died. So you better check what people are saying to you. You don't just do it because it feels good. You line it up with truth and say, wait a minute, that ain't what the word says. It's time to do things God's way and not our way. And the only way you're going to do it is getting a grip of this word. The only way you're going to do it is to come in and be made disciples. Some people think, I don't need to come into the churches no more. I don't need that no more. I don't need to be in church on Sunday, but you're everywhere else. God, give all of us a day of rest. But we're trying to work two and three jobs. Why? Because we're trying to do the way the world is doing it. God will give you more than what the world has. Because he's higher than that. God will show the world that I'm your keeper. I'm your deliverer. People look at me and my husband like we're selling something. Selling Jesus all day long. Hard as I can, quick as I can. Remember when my son was in middle school, they had a nerve to ask him, what your daddy do? He go to the bank. They wonder how many cars he got. They be watching what he's driving. You can't live good for Jesus. And the thing is, we don't beg. We don't tell you what you got to do for us to live. Because our trust is in him, not in man. We don't tell you this got to be paid or that got to be paid. I look up to him and say, you call me to this. Now you need to tell me what you want me to do. If you tell me to ask, I'll ask. If you don't tell me to ask, I'll stand still. We want to do it God's way. Not man's way, y'all. It's time to do it God's way. We're in a battle. Don't y'all recognize? We are in a battle. The enemy got our children, our grandchildren so wrapped up in him that they're just like the wayward world. Soon as they hear truth, the enemy comes snatch it. You won't get them. But God has a way that's above every way. And the only thing we got to do is stay in the word and begin to call forth what God is telling us to call forth for our children. I don't care how bad it looked with your kids. 
You begin to stand on the promise that God gave you for those kids. They may be this way, but God, that's not the way you created them to be. God had me praying and I was telling apostle, everybody know about the man who went into church and doing Christian music. I told apostle, weighed heavy on my heart. I said, I'm praying for that man. I said, because the ones that are allowing him to do that, that's on them. He only doing what he think he know. And we supposed to show him the way, which is Jesus. So by them allowing him to come in, it's on that preacher, not on him. You need to set him aside and pull him aside and say, I understand what you're saying, but your lifestyle got to add up to what you're saying. See, the rich young ruler didn't want to get rid of all he had. You tell these singers, leave everything you got and come follow Jesus. They're going to leave you with their head down. It's our job. The ones that God put in position to tell you truth. And if you're not telling people truth, you're going to be accountable. When you stand before Jesus, when you see people in the wrong, you let them know what the word says is right. But if you standing there smiling and agreeing with them, you just like they are. And you cannot talk about them because God gave you and quit this mess. I'm going to pray on it. If you in the word, you don't have to pray on nothing. Because the word will tell you. Well, well, apostle, you got to understand. Going into that one is just like going into hell. But listen here. God got you backed up. He'll let you know what to say and how to say it. And once you say it, you're through with saying it. You don't have to say nothing else. You done told them what God said. You done your part. The blood is off of your hands. Do it God's way, y'all. God done it his way in the beginning. Adam and Eve couldn't stay in that garden because they were about darkness. God was about light. Light and darkness don't mix, y'all. We cannot allow it to come in the house of God and say it's okay. Somebody got to speak truth. You cannot sit beside somebody and you knowing what they're posting is wrong and you ain't saying nothing. And they supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ. You need to pull them aside and say, jesting. The Bible tells you about this stuff. And if they hate you, pray for them. But you know what we do? We sit up there and act like we ain't seen it. Church, it's time to be who we say we are. Let's do it God's way. And when we do it God's way, we will see churches fill up to the rim because people are waiting on people that is true that they don't have to tell you nothing you step in and you do it not based on their lifestyle but you step in and do it because God told you to do it you ain't waiting to get nothing from it but you doing what God told you to do and that moment they'll say you know what I know there's a God because you didn't know what I needed but God knew what I needed what must I do That's how God deal with sinners. He showed them his love. We walk by them and call them druggies, prostitutes, no gooders. Who were you before you met Jesus? What did you do before you met Jesus? Who were you hanging with before you met Jesus? Why do we have certain people 
sin is sin. Ain't no big sin. Ain't no little sin. I get so tired of people. And that's why the homosexuals are like they are. Because we Christians, we talk about Instead of giving them what the word say, give them. Some people are bashing them. Beating them up. Killing them. That's not God's way. God's way is love. And the only way they're going to know his way is through you. You never know what people are going through. That's why it takes prayer, y'all. We don't like it. But we pray. We seek the Lord. His way of doing things. And all these things will be added unto us. So today, whatever you holding on to, whatever you trying to fix, whatever you trying to make right, some of us are trying to pull in money the wrong way. Because we're trying to build up a bank. <laughs> That's not God's way. The first thing is to seek ye first the kingdom of God. His way of being right, of doing, and all of these things will be added unto you. So you got to seek. You got to aim after. Your focus got to be on above because you are a kingdom citizen. You are an ambassador. You are sons. You are daughters of the kingdom. So now your focus is seeking kingdom. God, I want to know your way of doing, your way of acting. And when you do that, God will bless you. He will give you power to get wealth the right way, not the wrong way. Quit scratching. And I'm not talking about your behind or anything else. I'm talking about these numbers. You scratching numbers trying to get money and don't want to put no money in the kingdom. And you say, I ain't got no money. I'm tired of the man. Hey, 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 take this $10 and, and play this number. Yeah. People got certain spots they go scratch. Save folk. Lord, if you bless me, I'm going to give a big donation. Lord, I see that number. Mm, You said I can lay hands. I'm going to lay hands on this. I see myself placing it in their hands. Woo! I see it hitting, Lord. Hallelujah. Apostle Mandel said, you can't only say it, you got to believe it. But then you got to see it. Now that's a woman of God. She don't lie. I see it and I'm a blesser real good. Lord, I'm a blesser. I'm a blesser. You told me to bless her before, Lord. You know I didn't have it. But I'm a blesser real good this anniversary. Just let me hit the number. Thank you. Glory. Ah, I felt the move of God. So then you go to Evangelist Newton. You say, Evangelist, I got a prayer request. I want to bless Apostle. And I just need for you to touch and agree with me to bless her. Come on now. Come on now. Pray. Pray that I can bless her. I'm coming into some money. And I just need you. Come on. It says now. When two or three. Get your husband. Grab your husband. Say two or three. When we're in the midst, he's in the midst. Now, I know your prayers don't hit the ground because I heard apostles say your words will not fall to the ground. Pray, girl, pray. I'm telling you, I'm coming in some money. I feel it. Now, she don't know. 
But see how I'm coming to her? You only know what I said. But see, I ain't told you that. So I go to Kathy's house. Oh, glory, you're going to bless her, Pastor. I'm in with you. We're going to bless her together. How much you coming into? Child, it could be me. It might cut you off a little bit. Kathy said, look, well, let's stand up for this one. <laughs> this is what church do. You being manipulated. See? You shall know the truth. And that woman over there, evangelist, wait a minute now. I got a quickening. You've been scratching this morning. And I ain't talking about your behind. You've been up there playing them numbers, and I know exactly where you've been playing them. You've been up there on that corner there, that gas station. Used to be Brown's Minute Market, over there in that corner. You've been scratching them numbers. And they said, what? God said that ain't of him. That's why you need the gifts. God gives you the gifts to expose. The gifts ain't for you. They're to bring glory to him. And we're trying to use it for our benefit. God gave us the word for our benefit. We're believers. He said, I'm giving you these gifts so I can manifest myself with a word of knowledge. Yes, he will help believers out when they're off track with the gifts. But we use them for the ones that don't know him. Y'all better catch on. God's making disciples up in here. And if he's making disciples, you're supposed to go out there and make them. That's God's way of doing things, y'all. So, the altar's open today. This altar is open when we're burning up our way. Our way ain't working. We want to let go of what we're holding on to. What we're trying to do in ministry, some of y'all are trying to make your ministries work. Some of y'all are trying to do things to draw people to your ministry. Or what you believe God has given you. That's you doing it. That ain't God's way of doing. John the Baptist was in the wilderness. Preaching. Kingdom. They went to the wilderness to see John. To hear John. Why? Because it was the gospel. Okay. So today. We're going to burn up. Everything. That's not of God. And we want to come with our whole heart and say, God, I don't want to do it my way no more. God, I want to do it your way. In my home, out my home, everywhere I go is your way. Let your will be done. Not my will, God, but your will. That's what Jesus had to do. So today, let's burn up everything that's not of God. Let's let go of everything that we're holding on to or or we think that we need to do. Healing is yours. We don't have to do nothing to get healed. We don't have to pay no money. Did y'all know that? But if you want to give me $100, now I agree with you. Make it two and a half. That's what people say. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God's healing is not for sale. The only thing you got to do is believe what the word says. He said, by Jesus' stripes, you were already healed. Remember, God called forth what he wanted the earth to do. He already knew it was done. He didn't sit there and wait on it to be done. He just took hold to what was already done. So God said, take hold to what belonged to you today. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 
through Christ Jesus. Jesus has already done it. We don't have to do anything but accept what he's already been done. Rest in what's already been done. Quit trying to do it yourself. Quit trying to get healed when you're already healed. Just take it. Take your healing. Take what God has given you. He's already blessed you. He's already prospered you. Take it. I'm already blessed. My bank account don't look like it, but I am blessed. Because he said I'm blessed. My billfold may not look like it, but I am blessed. Because he says I'm blessed. And he always told me to pay those whom you owe. Sometimes you pay those who you owe and you're looking, ain't nothing there. But I'm still blessed of the Lord and I'm highly favored. Because God takes care of me. When everything else run out, God still takes care of me. Because he know what I need. I don't wait for it to run out to say, I'm taken care of. I'm taken care of now. Because the word tells me that. You don't know when things are going to change in your life. So now you got to ask yourself today, whom have I been trusting? This is what we do, y'all. This is funny. When I come off my job, I said I can fall back on him. He's still working. But God already told me he's coming off the job, but I wouldn't tell him. Reason why I really wouldn't tell him? God wanted him to find out for himself. But the reason why I wouldn't tell him, because I still have some fear there saying that that man come off his job. And I'm waiting on people to take care of us. And we already got this, that, and other. We're going to be through. I wouldn't trust him. So when my husband asked me, I said, you need to go to God for yourself. He took that advice. Y'all, when he took that advice, and he come to me, he said, God said, it's time for me. What? He said, what? <laughs> okay but God already told me y'all I want your light bulbs to come on you got two people in here two the only one we depending on is Jehovah Jireh I don't have a boss but God he don't have a boss but God y'all got to make this reality when God told me to come off, I come off because he told me to come off. And I had to trust him when I did come off. This is funny. There was no money in the bank to come off no job with. None. Two children. A house. Three cars. Payments. But I did what God told me to do. Because he prepared me before he told me to do it. Now check this. God telling me to come off, right? But then when I come off, I look. I don't see no food like I used to see in these cabinets. I don't see the clothes I used to see. Wait a minute, God. Hold up. Wait a minute. I remember one day God said, okay, he was breaking me down, y'all, breaking us down good. Jeremy had a piggy bank. It was a blue little piggy bank shaped like a bottle. We were putting money in it for Jeremy. Time to take your piggy bank. So God said, okay. We counted out the money. I said, here, honey, you go take it to the bank. Well, I got to take it to the bank. Both of us full of pride. You the man. You go on that bank, take this money. You the man. He took it. 
But then one day, I was sitting there and it hurt me to my heart because y'all know back then McDonald's meals wasn't that much, right? I couldn't even buy Jeremy a meal, y'all. He was a big youngin too. Mommy, I want, shut up! You ain't getting McDonald's! You don't need no McDonald's! We gonna eat at home! It hurt me to my heart. Couldn't get my baby McDonald's. But it taught me one thing. This right here. I would pray and say, Father, you know what we're in the need of before we need it. God, my baby, I can't even get in McDonald's. God, I don't even know what I'm going to cook tonight. Daddy didn't know. Aunt Shirley didn't know. Aunt Silk didn't know. None of my family knew nothing. But everybody talked about us. Thought We thought we were better than anybody else. But God didn't allow me to share it. God said, I want you to trust me, not your daddy, not your aunts, not your family. Not that I couldn't get it from that man there, because if I had went over there, daddy would have gave it to me. But God said, no, I want you to trust me. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. So I said, okay, God. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go open your cabinets. I want you to go open your refrigerator. And I want you to go open, well, before I did that, and I want you to speak to it. Speak to it. <laughs> I open them cabinets. I say, I speak right now that you're full. I speak that we have everything that we need. I start speaking. Start speaking. Didn't give up on speaking. Then, y'all got pregnant. Whew, Jesus. I ain't got no money for no maternity clothes. He said, I want you to speak to every closet in this house. Next thing he told me to do. He said, you see that girl right there that just had her baby? I said, yes, Lord. He was humbling me, y'all. He said, she got clothes for you. Guess what he had audacity to tell me? Go ask her for, I ain't asking her for nothing. He said, go ask her for those clothes. So I went to her, I said, oh, you just had a baby? And she said, yeah, you having a baby? And I said, what you do with your clothes? She said, you want them? I had so many clothes. I couldn't even wear them all during the pregnancy. And I remember the pastor in that church laid hands on me and she said, you're going to have so much for this baby. You're going to have to give it away. Y'all, I had so much for my baby girl that she couldn't even wear it all. That wasn't the end of that. Oh, he fixed me. Started preaching, having services, everybody going out to eat. And I say, Dag, ain't nobody asked to take us nowhere. I'm the pastor. See? Still about me. Said nothing. But I remember one day my stepmother, Lord rest her soul, I kept speaking to the cabinets, kept speaking, kept honoring God. And I remember Arlene called me. Hey, I got food over here. Y'all come over here and eat. They didn't know our situation. Every Sunday she fed us. She set the table. Even invited Kathy and her husband over there to eat with us. Set the table. God was humbling me. God was preparing me for where he was taking me. And when God saw that I could trust him, y'all, see, God got to see where your heart really is. He got to let you know you still got some stubbornness. You got some rebellion. You still looking at man to take care of you. What did I tell you? Then one day, daddy come told me, he said, you know, I was praying for you. And at first it bothered me that you come off that job. But the Lord revealed to me, he said, no man that has left house, family, Land that he would not give back a hundredfold. 
And y'all, little by little, God start establishing me and my family. Everything that we need, we start calling it forth. We start believing God for it. I didn't get where I am begging people for nothing. Miracle Temple have never heard me say, give me. But some people have been lying and going out of this church and say I'm begging for money. The devil is a lie. Because we never have asked anybody to give us this or give us that. God has done it for us. Why? He said, because I don't want man to get my glory. When he moved us, no money in the bank. He told us, I'm going to tell you where the money is. I said, well, I know it ain't in my bank. We need it. $13,000 in one month to move. God did it. God did it. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? God did it. And this is what God did. When I sat before the loan officer, me and my husband, God is bringing this for a reason. When we sat before the loan officer, we said, we're going to rent out our house. He said, what are you renting out your house for? Well, we got to rent out the house to get this house. He said, no, you can keep both. Come on, somebody. He said, you can keep both houses. But I went through some challenges to see if I was going to trust God or trust you. He said, you can keep both. That wasn't even all of it. In a church, you need a board to sign for you to get alone. They told me if you ain't got a good person on your board with good credit, you won't get alone. I hung up that phone. I said, I'm going to be like glory. Father, Father, <laughs> if you don't be my co-sign, it won't be no church. God did better than co-sign. He gave us 100%. for me in my house why because God said I got to see who I can trust I don't put everything in everybody's hands just because they say Lord Lord me and my husband stood the test when people wasn't paying their tithes when we had to give money to the church and we didn't have money come on we had to stand the test to see if we were going to shut down the church or if we weren't going to keep going we choose to keep going he didn't get paid for six, seven months. You know why? We gave it to church. Because we trusted God. 
And if you up under this ministry and you truly holding up our hands, the enemy going to attack you. He's going to come at you hard. I know the ones that's truly following me because they're getting attacked. The reason why they're getting attacked, because he wants you out the picture. He don't want you walking beside me because he know what God is doing. And I advise you that whatever God tell you to do, you better do it. You better do it. And in closing, this morning before I woke up, God gave me a dream. This is what's happening now in the body of Christ. I know the people that was in the dream. I'm not going to call their names. But we was in the church. And I had a teacher that stood up to teach. Wasn't their time to teach, but they were standing up there. I said, ain't your time. They sat down. Another teacher got up there as they got ready to teach. Some people came in. They were over to the side. As that person was teaching, they got so loud. They were laughing. Just real loudly. All of a sudden, I say, hush. And they hush. They got up. They come. They was giving money. But they got up and they were leaving. But then as we were sitting there, someone else stood up that was in the church and they picked up a book that was where they were. And they said, oh, this is some beautiful stuff in this book. I said, give me the book. Look, the book had voodoology. Right on the front cover, it had statues in it of other gods and stuff that they were doing. But see, God got them out of there. God let them know. So as b- before we was talking to them and telling them what we believe, they did not want to hear us. I was talking, my husband was talking. They didn't want to hear nothing we had to say. So they left. But later on, it was one that was left in there. And when I walked past him, I said, what do you believe? I said, we believe in the Trinity. And he got up. And I woke up. God let me know. Watch who's amongst you. They don't like truth. They're trying to come against this church. Get in position. The Bible says that the elect would even be full. They were coming in to take over. And you know what they said? They were coming in to see what I do. They were checking it out. Don't believe everything because they say they know God. Because they was mixing God with other religions, but it was voodoo. And God showed me. So I'm saying right now, God, don't leave you ignorant. So if you in this ministry, you better have on your armor. This is no time y'all to be playing. Because God is showing up. And he's showing out. So be prepared for what's yet to come and that's here right now. Let's do things God's way and tear down every altar that we have built. And the reason why we build it because we allowed the devil to allow. We allowed him. We gave him permission to do it. It's time to tear down these altars. It's time to let go of what you're holding on to and you trying to make it work in your marriage. You're trying to make it work on your jobs. You're trying to make it work. You can't do it, y'all. 
It has to be done through the word. Quit bowing down to these idols. It's time to arise and shine and let the glory of God be revealed amongst you. If you're going to stand, God said, now is your time to stand. So let's tear down this stuff. Come on, let's be real, y'all. Let's give it up. The altar's open. Come on, the 